Welcome to the Yoga Therapy Hour podcast with Amy Wheeler. I've had the good fortune to travel the world learning about yoga therapy on a global scale. And I've been able to meet many of the leaders in the field along the way. I want to share with you what I'm learning as I interview our colleagues from around the world. My hope is that together we can reduce suffering of all sentient beings through our work as yoga teachers and yoga therapists. Welcome to the Yoga Therapy Hour with Amy Wheeler. And today I feel so honored to be interviewing one of the senior teachers from the Yoga Mandarin in South India that I've been studying for about two decades now. I came to the Krishnamacharya Yoga Mandarin in early, I think it was 2001, February of 2001. They had something called the Silver Jubilee. And that was the beginning for me. So it's been 20 years. And one of the reasons I wanted to ask Srinivasan, who is a senior faculty at the Krishnamacharya Yoga Mandram, and he's also the executive director of KYM. I wanted to ask him to come on the podcast because when I did my internships with the KYM, meaning we had finished all of our coursework and then we would have to go for a number of weeks and we got the opportunity to sit in and observe senior teachers working with their clients. And sometimes they would even ask us to help. So I got to sit in with Srinivasan and see him working with clients. And he taught me so much just by being a fly on the wall and watching how it is that he interacts with students in a kind, friendly way, but also very strict and very direct. I watched him as a yoga therapy consultant, as well as a yoga therapist. You know, one thing that they do at KYM, which is pretty interesting, is that the very senior teachers are the consultants. So they do the intake, the interview, they decide on the priorities, they set the goals, and then they write up the basics of the first practice and kind of the direction that this student will go in. So a senior consultant who's had many, many years of experience does all of that. And then the student is handed off to a yoga therapist who follows the senior consultant's direction with the student. Make sure you do these different postures, this breathing technique. This could be a good chant or object of meditation. So when I was at KYM for my internship, this is the type of thing that sometimes I get to sit in with the consultant and other times I would sit in with the yoga therapist who was applying what the senior consultant had described. But Srinivasan, he learned directly under Deskachar. He was a, a student and he's going to tell you his story about how it came to be that he started working at the KYM. And I also think it's interesting, you know, he has a master's degree from the Tamil Nadu Sports and Physical Education University in Chennai. So that was something that I didn't know about him until, until now. He's also learned Vedic chanting and is a healing chant teacher and just involved in research projects, you know, a diabetes protocol under the Ministry of Ayush, which is kind of the, the government of India. They've made a special task force 
just to support yoga. So by the end of the podcast, we're going to even talk about how yoga therapy is unfolding in India and the support that they're getting from the government and how that's making such a big difference to bring yoga therapy to the world. So we cover a lot of topics. We start off with Bhagavad Gita and the implications for Bhagavad Gita in terms of the therapeutic relationship and being a yoga therapist, what can we learn from the Bhagavad Gita about how to become a skillful yoga therapist? And I just think it's a great interview. I, I really enjoyed myself and I hope you will enjoy it too. ಶ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣವಾಘೀಷಯತೇಶ್ವರಾಭ್ಯಾಂಪ್ರಾಪ್ತಚಕ್ರಾಂಕಣಭಾಷ್ಯಸಾರ
So started with that level and slowly the approach is removing the pain and remove the cause of the pain. So that's a two-prong approach. First, initially, you have to reduce. Then you have to strengthen the system if they practice regularly. Uh, they can strengthen that area and they will not get any uh, issue further. And some people are continuing that by getting the benefit of practicing yoga. So it also helps the people to transform themselves. And very interestingly, most of the teachers, who those who are in the KYM, are just first came as a student to remove some of the pain or some of the issues. When they saw how it works, then they start uh, interesting in yoga, then they uh, approach Desigacha to start uh, teacher training for this. Because of their request, he started in a formal way. And most of the teachers approach, uh, they are here, they come because of their uh, pain or dukkha. So one of the thing is, if, if you have a dukkha, it also opens up something positive in us. That's amazing. I, I guess I hadn't realized that, that so many of you started off as students. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, most of, most of the teachers, yeah. Wow. So why don't you tell us a little bit, if you're willing, about your journey to become part of the KYM and how it kind of unfolded for you? Uh, it's a it's a very interesting story. I used to bring my daughter when she is in the kindergarten. Now mm. she's married. That is a different aspect. So 20 years back, wow. when, when uh, she's having some issues and the breathing, so we went to a, a doctor. She only suggested, why don't you take her to the yoga mandiram? So they will teach some yoga practices so that along with the medicine, she can uh, uh, come up very quickly. So when I was approached here, they say, no need for one-to-one. -one. We have Saturday uh, children's class. Why don't you put her in the children's class? So that way I used to come every Saturday and I sit outside like all the parents are sitting. One day I saw a board that the teacher training, the advertisement, I was curious. So it's the evening. So weekly only three days, two, two hours. Why don't I try? I just apply and I got a call. You have to write an exam. And I was taken back. Why? So there is an entrance exam. So I also <laughs> said, I will try. So there are some hundred people were there. We wrote the exam. And after a week, I got a call that you passed in the exam. So I was so happy. After so many years of my university days, I given an exam and I get passed. They say, you have an interview. So I want to go to a yoga teacher training. Why people are doing all these things? Uh, it's also make me curious about this, more curious. So I attend the interview. There are five people. They ask why you are interested here. But I have said, it is. I, I just want to uh, make my time. I want to, because I was very interested in philosophy. Mm -hmm. So when I see the prospectors, they say there is a yoga philosophy. There is Bhagavad Gita. So I think, why don't I do? And also, I used to do asanas and not in a formal way. When I was a kid, my grandfather ask all the children to do this posture, that posture. If we do thing, things, he will give some chocolate. So for that, we used to do that. <laughs> Bribery. When <laughs> we were young, all my cousins, and when we go for a holiday, visiting grandfather, he used to ask us to stand here. Then only I understand that was Uttanasana, Parshottanasana, and all the things. The kids, we used to jump and do all these things. So then uh, in the interview also, after three days, I got a, a paper that you all select among 30 people, you also one of them. 
So that is how the journey started. I was doing my own uh, 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 business kind of thing. Evening, I used to come. Then after that, I started uh, coming in the evening to observe the classes and giving a therapy classes with the guidance of the teachers, one or two classes weekly. Then it slowly changed my life. And I started giving more time here. And one point came, I stopped my business and this become my full-time uh, kind of profession or full-time passion instead of profession. So, so yeah. that this, this is my story where I connected uh, with this institution. And from there, the journey start. Uh, we had a mentor. My mentor is Sridharan sir. So he guided me many places and uh, started uh, introducing me to many texts. And uh, this is the journey started. And after... Uh, understanding after going through some 500 hours of yoga uh, teacher then uh, they have given some exam for the consultant after 5000 5, <laughs> 5, hours 5000 5000 students oh wow if you, are, if you have done 5000 classes with the student then you are eligible to observe the consultations of the senior well, consultant i don't know if you remember i'm sure if you had many yeah, students come through, yeah. but I, I actually came and observed you at KYM during my internships. And it makes a lot of sense to have people seasoned and mature before they step into the room to even observe. Because I remember yes. you, had, you had to be kind of strict with me to say, look, this is serious business. This is not for fun, Amy. This is, you need to do it a very particular way. You need to act a certain way. You need to, and I was appreciative of that, that you kind of took me to task. <laughs> so that is how we train. That is what we got from our seniors. You have to behave like this. Then only you can observe. So you have to be in this way. That is what we have learned. That is what we also tell the people. It is for to understand the thing in a proper way. So after 5,000 hours of uh, teaching, then I started observing the consultation. Then they started giving me how uh, they molded us to become a consultant. This is how uh, the tradition follows. So, so it was more like a, a mentorship. After the initial 500 hours, it was more of a mentorship with your mentors five, shaping 5, you. 5,000 hours. 5,000 hours. Wow. So that was the way in which they make the consultant. Teacher, you start after finishing your teacher training, you can start observing and giving whatever the consultant asks you to give. Do ask them mm -hmm. to do this practice, that practice. After one class, before second class, we go to the consultant and we'll get the advice how to approach the student in this way. So like that, we start get our training. Then after that, we started slowly introducing this kind of uh, consultation methodology. Then slowly the journey started and it is going on. That's beautiful. So tell us about, you know, you've been doing this quite a long time now. What is the one thing in your personal practice, or maybe there's more than one thing that really gives you the strength and the courage and fortifies you, helps you to become happy and healthy? What is it for you? Is it chanting? Is it studying the text? Is it asana? So th there, are, there are many combinations, but one thing for sure, what makes me uh, very strong and I can able to handle the situations is pranayama with mantra and bhavana. That is mm. one of the important tools I, I used to do. Initially, I start with asana, uh, the practice, so that I can able to do postures. I have to teach. After that, I understand for my own self, what I need is more of 
the stabilizing in the internally so pranayama with mantra and bhavana that is one of the thing that helps me to make me calm and quiet to understand things better so i can respond instead of reacting yeah most of the time people or most of the time i used to react initially then i can able to understand that by reaction i create more bondage mm. more of samskara so how i can respond only my mind is common quiet i can able to respond so i give a small pause before that so to give that small pause you need a practice not to say everything immediately then i understand this practice and i start applying this in every sphere of my practice so even asana practice every time i give a small pause consciously so that kind of samskara helps us helps me to be little pause before any action even to speak even to do some postures or even to teach that pause make you to be there yeah that's one of the reasons i've chosen to study at the krishnamacharya yoga mandiram for 20 years i've been coming since early 2000s Yes. because i see that the senior teachers there are non-reactive they're clear they communicate well they they have a dharma they're just staying right on task they're they're not reacting and getting into nasty arguments or anything i can see that vignanamaya layer has been transformed for all of you and and to me that's what matters yeah that that comes because of our teacher because we are seeing somebody who is practicing this it is not only a kind of a theoretical aspect so we we learn lot of things in a theoretical way but when we see somebody who is practicing that inspires us a lot like when we see the desikachar are very simple very clear not having any ambiguity if you if you want to convey some message he will be very clear in conveying message and he will appreciate wherever it is required and he will make you to understand what you have done is wrong in a right way so that is how when we see that kind of mentors or that kind of teachers then you automatically inculcate some of the qualities of them uh, rather understanding theoretically when you see the real uh, person who is following that that, that is more inspiring and uh, it gives us conviction yes we mm. can also live like that Do you know Srinivas in one of the last times that I was with Deskachar I was trying attempting to chant the Bhagavad Gita so he would chant a line and then I would try to repeat and I was I was horrible and he was very direct with me and basically said this is not for you you are not <laughs> this is not good <laughs> and you need to go <laughs> but I appreciated that because we both knew what had happened and he was just very direct like you're you're not ready for this yeah so he will say but does that is there is not that you should not do this you are right. not ready now you 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 make yourself little more higher than you will be ready right so he always he always support the people but he say this is what you are now now you are not ready for this go to that level then slowly come that's a real uh, the mastery of the teachers they go to the level of the student and yeah. slowly they will give the hand and slowly lift them up Mhm. I think that's missing in a lot of western society is just to be very direct and say what you mean in yeah. a nice way. He was always very nice. 
Yeah, very nice. He that is what we call a satyam. How you are communicating the truth in a pleasant way. Yeah. There are many ways to communicate the truth, but it has to be communicated with the aim of not hurting. That is what it's ahimsaize. Yeah. That's why Patanjali first gives first aspect of Ashtanga Yoga is ahimsa. Mm. So whatever we are doing, it has to support that first principle. Well, let's take this into the yoga philosophy that we're here to talk about today, which is the Bhagavad Gita. And the way this came about is I saw that, I think I saw that you were teaching a Bhagavad Gita class and I was wondering if I could still join, but I think at that point, maybe you had gone, you know, a few months already. So, so tell us, is the Bhagavad Gita a yoga text? Yes. Bhagavad Gita is one of the important yoga texts. In yoga text, we have two traditions. One is Raja Yoga tradition, another one is Hatha Yoga tradition. So Bhagavad Gita comes, Bhagavad Gita and Yoga Sutra are comes under the Raja Yoga tradition. They don't talk about what you practice. They give the principles. Mm-hmm. Like Yoga Sutra, they talk about Stira Sukam Asanam, that's it. So in Hatha Yoga Pradipika or Hatha Yogi text, they will explain all the things. What are the posture, how to do, how to do the breathing, how you have to sit. All this will be explained in the Hatha Yogi tradition. But in Raja Yoga, they will show the principles. Practices will be based on that principle. In that way, Bhagavad Gita is one of the important yoga texts. There are 18 chapters. Each chapter, when they complete, they will chant this shloka. Iti Bhagavad Gita Shu Upanishadsu Brahma Vidyayam Yoga Sastre Krishna Arjuna Sambade. This Bhagavad Gita is Upanishad, Brahma Vidya, and Yoga Shastra. So three things is, are attributed to Bhagavad Gita. It talks about the essence of Vedas. So it is a Upanishad. What is the main aspect? It's a Brahma Vidya. It talks about the Brahman, Supreme Self. Nothing is there inside. You have to connect with that, that Supreme Self. It is a Yoga Shastra. It also talks about the... Uh, the path of yoga, and it also elaborately discuss about the Sankhyan philosophy. The Sankhya and yoga is elaborately given. So it is one of the important yoga texts. The aim of Bhagavad Gita, if you see, there are 700 shlokas in Bhagavad Gita. The first two shloka talks start with the word dharma. The 700th shloka ends with mama. So the first word is dharma, the last word is mama. If you connect this mama dharma, my dharma. So entire Bhagavad Gita's message is my dharma. What is my dharma? My essential nature. I have to understand my essential nature. I have to go deeper to understand. It is parallel to tada drashtuku swarupe avasthanam in our yoga sutra. Mm, 1.3. Yeah, when you reach the state, what is the purpose of Chittavrithi Nirodha? What happened? Tada drashtuhu swarupe avasthanam. That Purusha will establish in its own nature. Bhagavad Gita's aim or the central theme is the same thing. Connecting Mama Dharma. What is my Dharma? What is my Swadharma? What is my original nature? Now I came out from my original nature. Now I have to move towards so that I can connect with that original nature. That is the essence of Bhagavad Gita. And many uh, yoga definitions we can find from Bhagavad Gita. 
For example, in the second chapter, it says, Samatvam Yoga Muchate. What is yoga? Balance of the mind is yoga. Samatvam. Because why we are suffering? Because of duality. Mm -hmm. Always there is some kind of uh, pairs of opposites or dualities that makes us to move from likes and dislikes, all these kind of things. So balancing is very important. That's why Samatvam Yoga Muchade. Then another definition says, Karmashu Kaushalam, dexterity in action, skill in action is yoga. So we have to see both together. So yoga means skill in action, at the same time, balance in the mental level. Because most of us will have any one of them. Some people will skill in action, but there is no balance. Some people, they are very balanced, but there is no skill in action. Both are not going to help us. We are only 50-50. So he is giving two paths together. Then only we can say it is yoga. Because many times what happens? People think a yogi or a person of spiritual, they are very, very, their life is not dynamic. They will mm. sit somewhere. It's a lethargic. No, they act in a very, very skillful way. The yogi is the one who acts very skillful way. At the same time, he will be very balanced. So that That's is beautiful. a beautiful uh, definition given. So many times what happens, people interpret this and separate thing and this is separate, this is separate. No, we have to see it in a very, very closer uh, context. We can see in the world also some country, people are very, very skilled in their action. Some countries, people are so not so uh, skilled, but reasonably balanced. But both are not good. So everyone has to be there with all two together. Then it is yoga. And also one of the beautiful uh, definition in the commentary, it says, Dukkha Samyoga Vyogam Yogam. So, Dukkha Samyogam. Something is connecting me that creates the Dukkha. That creates mm -hmm. some kind of pain. What is Yoga? Disconnection of that connection. Dukkha Samyoga. That Samyoga, Yoga. Vyogam. You are disconnecting that which connects with Dukkha is Yoga. And, and would you say that that disconnection from the dukkha happens because you've connected with something deep inside yourself? Yes, yes, yes. And very interestingly, many, many places he talks about the vairagya, that is the, uh, he uses the word, there are many different words he uses, sannyasi. Sannyasi means one who has completely renounced. Mm. So first, uh, he start with somebody, he has to start with yogi. Yogi here doesn't mean what we are thinking about the yogi reached, no one who has started the path. He is a yogi, that is one who is doing some action. Then he has to move from that level to sannyasi, renouncing. Then only he will eligible for dhyana, meditation. Mm. So beautifully coordinate how it is going and helping. So, there are four uh, paths he is emphasizing in Bhagavad Gita as a path of yoga. Mm. One is Karma Yoga, another one is Bhakti Yoga, another one is Jnana Yoga, then another one is Dhyana. So, why these divisions are given? So, people are differently oriented. Some people are oriented towards action. Some people are oriented towards the intellectual understanding. Some people are oriented towards more emotional. I can't give one solution for everyone. 
So karma yoga is given for the people, those who are action oriented. So you are action oriented, do action in this way so that you can reach that higher. Some people are intellectually, they, I can't ask them to do this uh, job or that job. They can sit and they can reflect, they can understand things intellectually. For them, jnana yoga, how you are going to thread the path. Some people are very emotional. So for them, the bhakti yoga, you just connect with that through the emotion. And when you are there, then that's the dhyana is possible. Only when you reduce your agitations through these three paths, then you can meditate upon something, understand something, then you can connect with your own nature. So it is a completely kind of yoga text, yoga shastra. Would you say that there is a hierarchy, meaning that at the lower levels you do karma and then you know maybe later you'll do bhakti or is it truly non-hierarchical? Non-hierarchical. So mm -hmm. if you are action-oriented, choose the karma. If you are emotionally, you are connected with something, should start with bhakti. If you are intellectually oriented, start with jnana. So wherever you, that is what Patanjali says, tasya bhumishu vinyogaha, start from where you are, where you find out your own ground, where you are anchored, from there you start. So it is easy for the, those, those people because they are already oriented towards action, just they have to refine their action, that's it. When they are emotionally you are connecting with something, you, you, you choose the path, you connect emotionally with something higher. Yeah. And when you are intellectually oriented, not connecting something very, very mundane or very materialistic, connect there, start from there, move further, connect with something higher, reflect upon it. Then, and it's one, one more aspect is in the karma, there will be some devotion, there will be some jnana, right. but predominantly karma. So in the bhakti also, there will be some action, there will be some intellectual thinking, but predominantly the emotional way of connecting. In the jnana also, there will be some kind of action, some kind of devotion, then you are focusing there. So it's a kind of uh, predominantly how you are oriented, Based on that, you choose the path. And very interestingly, at the end of the Bhagavad Gita, he gives all the path and says, uh, Arjuna, I have given you the paths. Now this is your duty to choose which one you want. That is one of the important aspect of the therapist. That is one of the important quality. We have to make the person, the care seeker responsible for his activity. Not the yoga therapist response. So you are giving a responsibility towards the person who is seeking your advice. Not giving that you follow this or you follow this. I am showing this path. Now it is your responsibility to choose and do. That is a, a, a very great idea about Krishna. He gives everything at the end. He says, Arjuna, I have given things. Choose which one you want and follow and become yogi. And I think that takes a lot of time, attention, commitment to, to even understand yourself, to know which path would be best. Yes. Like I, I look at myself and I, I definitely think it's karma and bhakti, but it's taken me 50 years to figure that out, that so, that's who I am. Yeah, that's where the, the, the guidance of the teacher will help us to go towards the mentorship that will help us to mold because 
I can't able to assess myself immediately. But somebody who is away from me, by seeing me, they can assess and they can uh, find my orientation uh, quickly before I assess myself. Because I have, I have. Oh no, no, no! I'm not uh, only action oriented. I'm also emotional. I'm also intellectual because I don't want to go away from all this way. So say everywhere I'm. So, but somebody that is the role of the the mentor or teacher. They understand and they they mold you in that way. But could we also say they help you cut away that which is not you? I mean, when I'm when I think of how we finally land on knowing who we really are, it's because of vairagyam and and the letting go process, not anything adding to. It is already there. It is not something they are putting inside. what they are saying is they are removing all the what you call the shields when it is broken then you can able to see your own self that is how in the hatha yoga pratipika they say four levels the first level gata avastha you have to remove all the things then parichaya avastha understanding who you are then reconstructing then emerging so that has to be but it's not that easy way it's a scary no. when you are when you are breaking your foundation you are built that foundation for 40 years So yeah. who I am, I know the forty fifty five years of my fifty uh, seven years of my building all this structure. Now I have to break. It's very scary, but there is no other way. If I want to reconstruct, the old one has to be removed. Then the reconstruction happens. But the teacher's role is to helping and uh, making the person. But I have to do. It's one of the and one of the important teaching of Bhagavad Gita is say. Lift yourself by yourself. Uttare atmanatmanam. Nobody will going to lift you. It is you only have to lift yourself by yourself. The teacher and the books and all things will guide you, help you, but they can they cannot replace your own practice. That is one of the basic uh, uh, idea in Bhagavad Gita. Says Arjuna, you have to do. i can only show the way i can only show the direction if you want to come out from that you have to work we have this saying in the united states that no one is coming to save you yes you you have to do it for you we'll be here to support you but nobody's yeah. going to come and save you 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 can have the very good support system the books yeah. will help you the teacher will show the path and friends and family will show some kind of path but you have to do you you can't uh, outsource your practice so shrinivas and that brings me to yoga therapy i i have a lot of uh, students who tell me that when they give someone a practice give their client a practice that client does not do the practice and they get very disappointed because they're not seeing the results and do you see that in india that people don't do the practice or cuz i think westerners have an idea like oh in india everybody of course would do their practice but i'm no, not no. so sure no. it is universal okay. there is wherever the human being they will have this but one thing is sure when they have the pain the degree is too much whatever you say they will do mm. because the thing is the pain has to be reduced so they will you say you have to do this morning 10 minutes midday 10 minutes evening 10 minutes after a week they become little better then the priority changes 
it is only priority it is not that they want to they don't want to do or they don't don't want to follow this they want to do that but the priority changes one week they took a leave from the office they are doing everything for example back pain neck pain kind of thing one week they are doing after that they feel better now they can able to sit in front of their computer they can start their work then the priority changes then after one or two months they will call uh, sir i have the same pain when can i come and meet you sir i have given a class no no after 15 days i am not doing this kind of thing they are that they will talk about then we say no we have to find some time so it is universal when the pain is there real pain then they will do till such time but some people are exception they really follow because that is their priority when they are given priority to their health they will do they will find time because yeah. many people say i don't have the time i am so busy 15 minutes also not possible i say it is not the matter of time time we only invented it is only priority i i used to say if uh, uh, somebody say i don't have the time if i announce that if somebody comes early morning 3 o'clock to the mandiram i will give 1000 dollars i can see 500 or 1000 people will be on the queue that's right so they will find the time because that is their priority it's not the time it is only priority so it is everywhere you know i had this experience i i'm working with with gita uh shankar because i had terrible back pain and i was not getting it resolved and she gave me an hour long practice and i made time because you know what after 3 days i felt a whole lot better and then after 2 weeks i felt a whole lot better now it's been 6 months and i'm able to run again i mean it's remarkable but like you said if you're in pain you'll find the time <laughs> yes that's that's what for example when people come and say oh i have this health issue that health issue i, I used to say are you having any health insurance yes, i paid this much of money and got the health insurance i said why are you paying that kind of money every day pay 20 minutes of your time that is your health insurance an investment in our health that is the investment you are investing 20 or 25 minutes you are not investing any money right just do something you learn and you know how to do just do something at 20 minutes is your investment it's your uh, health insurance mm. to visit your hospitals kind of thing unless until there is some kind of karma we are that we can't do anything but normal healthy thing we have to do kind of things it is only spending some time right and like you said it's your priorities people yes. can find time and oftentimes they can even find money they didn't yes. think they could <laughs> it is it is their priority yeah So let's let's go back to the Bhagavad Gita a little bit and can you tell us some of the therapeutic aspects of the text you've talked about some of them but are there other ones uh, psychological physical yeah the psychological it is very very interesting this is one of the psychological counseling text if mm. you approach this text in that idea it's a complete psychological counseling how krishna gives the counseling to arjuna the first chapter very interesting there is a depression of arjuna first chapter is despondency of arjuna arjuna vishada yoga first chapter talks about how arjuna goes into depression on seeing his own people in the opposite side and and 
entire first chapter and the first 12 verses of the second chapter krishna was not opening his mouth he was just listening to arjuna whatever he want to tell he just allows him just smiling and listening this is the first quality of the counselor you have to allow the care seeker to pour in whatever he want to or she want to tell just allow that to be happen that is the first level and at the end of that his first chapter and first few shlokas in the second chapter he said oh now i don't know what to do can you please help me now i am surrendering then only he start giving the sermon very very interesting aspect until unless if the advice are not sought we should not give advice because that doesn't have any value for them only people when they say please help me if you give advice then it has lot of value but what is happening today everywhere it is given very freely if somebody want to talk something within 2 3 minutes you we, we inter, interpret interrupt and say no no why don't you try this this we are not allowing so the first psychological aspect the counseling clearly he is talking about he just listen and understand he is emotionally very very weak and his his emotions are completely taken over and he is not judgmental very interesting mm. very important aspect krishna was not judgmental he just observing how arjuna is pouring understanding his emotions how it and interestingly this emotion is kindled by krishna only it is not that arjuna got the emotion when he enters the uh, battlefield very interestingly because krishna knows he is emotionally little weak so before the war starts i have to clean that then only he will be steady in the war if after the war has started if he become emotionally weak then he cannot able to win the war the same situation war is we can connect the war mahabharata war and something happen in the history but the perpetual war is happening every day with us there is a externally there is a war happening internally there is a war happening how to handle this so this text clearly talks about how psychologically he is approaching and when interestingly he uh, uh, state you have to act because arjuna say i don't want to do uh, i am not i am retiring from the war interesting <laughs> conveniently he was, he was waiting for this war 13 years 13 years arjuna was waiting for this moment he was in, arjuna represents the skill improvement each character in bhagavad gita if we see everyone represents some quality arjuna represents skill improvement he will not sit quiet at all he is well versed in this dhanurvidya the bow and arrow he whenever find time he used to practice or do tapas to get some kind of weapons from the celestial being so he always improves his skill that is one of the thing what we have to learn from arjuna if i want to be in my field i have to improve it is a, always a continuous process of improving and upgrading my skill then only i will be relevant or otherwise i will not be relevant to that field so arjuna represents that 13 years he is working for it but the end moment at that appointed time he says i am not going to do this so this happens to our life also we are planning something we do everything but some obstacle come we say no this is not my cup of tea i don't want to do so he says no 
you are you are prepared this for this kind of thing so he is in the counseling krishna uses many ways first he talks about the devotion it is not you have to do you have to do in the devotional way he approaches then he he talks about in the vanity if you don't do people will not uh, appreciate you then he approaches in a personal way don't worry i am here with you you can do this in a personal way and he appeals with a anger if you don't do this then people will get anger those who are coming with you for the war and he also threatens him if you don't do this what should be the consequence so all the way he is approaching so it gives us the tool how to approach the student in a different angle in a devotional way in permission uh, in a vanity way or personal appeal or fear sometimes works not threatening way if you don't do this what is the consequences so this kind of thing and very in, another interesting aspect is throughout bhagavad gita the 700 shlokas many places krishna uses different names of arjuna arjuna has different names so like dhananjaya one of the word one of the uh, name of arjuna is dhananjaya like our dhananjaya vayu dhananjaya means winner of wealth so he uses the word dhananjaya you are the winner of wealth you can do and some places he say barada rishaba you are bull among the barada clan you can do some places he says kunteya you are the son of kunti kunti is who is the kunti he is my sister you are very close to me and gudakesha you are the one who has uh, mastered you over the sleep arjuna has this quality he is completely master over the tamas and some places here you are the savyasachi he is the only person who can handle two bows at the same time that was his ability normally people hold the bow and they will throw the arrow but arjuna has the ability to hold the two bows with the toes with his toes and he can have the arrow like this savyasachi so many names so he uses his names appropriately to make him understand in a subtle way that you are capable of doing you have the potential That's so he was like implanting almost an identity not directly but taking the name in a indirect way they also reconfirm that you are the person you can able to do so you have the cap- capability you have the potential so this is the way in which the person has to approach somebody is in the psychological uh, distress so And- there are many positive aspect so we can make them to understand you have this positivity you can able to do that and that's part of the reconstruction process after the old identity has been broken down there needs to be this new way of seeing ourselves right yes and if we see some of the interesting the characters when we see the characters the main character is dhritarashtra the king the blind king and his mm-hmm. son is duryodhana the kaurava clan that's the story uh, that's a big story so the duryodhana uh, the dhritarashtra is a blind king born blind when he married gandhari gandhari is uh, his wife the duryodhana's mother she is from gandhar that is today's afghan mm. in those days called kandahar so she is the uh, uh, daughter of the king of kandahar so she is called gandhari after marrying him she said oh my husband can't able to see 
so i don't want to able to see the world so she voluntarily tied her eyes she said i don't want to see so this is the story part what we have to understand is we are spiritually blind the shakti in us has to help us to remove that blindness the shakti the power is represented by gandhari what is happening is the shakti also closes his eyes or her eyes mm. when both are blind they give 100 children the kauravas there are 100 all the negative aspect so when i am blind spiritually what is going to help me to remove the blindness but that also says voluntarily i am going to tie my eyes then both will produce 100 negative qualities so each character if we see in uh, mahabharata thing we can able to understand many aspect connected with our own self yeah well i was just going to say i mean people who aren't reading the text at the level that you're describing are thinking it's about an actual war like how is a spiritual person you know in this war but everything you're saying is just saying we are getting to know ourselves deeply yes so it may be a war happened some uh, the 5 3000 4000 years ago we don't know but if it is not there also if you don't believe in that war but what they have said the characters they build it is not something alien to us yeah arjuna representing myself the people he is representing us so how we go to depression like that arjuna also goes to depression and he gets the counseling from his master and most of the time he was thinking uh, krishna as his friend he can't able to see him as his teacher only in the battlefield when he saw the krishna's the vishwarupa darshana the big form cosmic form then he say oh now he understood he is not just a friend he is a great that is how we also build behave in the world we think this is my friend he is my student but they are the real teachers for us if we see them in that perspective they are the real teachers we learn lot of things even as a care provider we learn more from the care seekers so they are our teachers so when i when i have that idea when i have that frame of mind then i want to learn more that means mm-hmm. i observe clearly observe more it is not just they are coming to uh, seek some help no they are helping me to understand more about themselves and myself so if i change that perspective then it is not a kind of job it is they are giving me opportunity to understand things learn things every time and i i think that's very different than being friends right i mean we're not friends with our clients we we have yeah. no, a boundary not, yeah yeah they, i'm not talking about them as a friend i'm talking about real friends when we are in the school college or somebody very friendly moving we normally think they are just kind of playmates but if we observe them they are the real teachers they 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 make me to understand how i relate with them i observe them how yeah. i am relating so they are the mirrors for me to understand who i am right that is that is how the yoga sutra says maitri karuna mudito upekshana 
Sukaduk Punya Punya Vene Vishayanam Bhavanadaka Chitta Prasadana. If I see that sutra, so it is talking about, oh, you have to inculcate these four qualities, four attitudes. For what? I am connecting, I am relating with somebody and these qualities are helping me to see myself. They are the mirror. How I am relating with somebody who is very happy? How I am relating with somebody who is in Dukkha? How I am relating with someone who is doing right uh, uh, job or right kind of action? How I am relate with somebody who is doing not so uh, right action or some bad thing? Whether I am judgmental, whether I am connecting with them very easily. So this helps me to understand myself more. It's reminding me what my chanting teacher taught me, and I'm just going to put this on the screen for a moment. Oh. And this is something that Deskachar talks about, that yeah. if you're in conflict, asmita is predominant. is predominant. If you're in confusion, you're probably having some misperception and some avidya. Yeah. If you have anger or selfishness, you need to meditate on detachment or vairagyam. And if you're feeling not confident or insecure, reflect on bhakti, right? And so I've used this for years to meditate. When I'm in those states, I come back to that piece of paper and say, okay, well, what's the asmita that I'm doing here? <laughs> so is that kind of what you're talking about? Yes, yes. When, when I'm connecting, when I'm seeing the people, when I'm connecting, they, they are giving me an opportunity to understand me better. Yeah. So when I have this, then I will not criticize. I will not judge others. Normally what is happening, if something gone wrong, normally what we do, oh, because of this, this has gone wrong. Because of this person, I'm suffering. Because of that, I'm suffering. When I change this perspective, then I will not blame anyone. I, sh I cannot criticize anyone. I cannot judge anyone. It is how I am contacting that matters. And, and how do we, I agree with you, but how do we stop evil though? If there's truly a harm being committed, is there, a, I mean, I would think having clear right action would be necessary, yes, even if we right decide action. not to judge. Yeah, right action has to be taken because the word upeksha it gives a lot of misunderstanding. So upeksha means I'm indifferent to somebody's mm. beating or something is happening. No, whatever you have to do, you have to do but not in the frame of mind that this person is very bad, is horrible, non-judgmental, but at the same time, what I have to do, I have to do. Whether I have to call the police or I have to give some complaint, whatever means I can able to do at that point of time. The basic idea is I will not lose my balance yeah. because only when there is a crisis, I must be calm. The problem is when the crisis comes, I become imbalanced. I become restless. So I can't able to handle the crisis. So the need of the crisis, I must be calm and quiet so that I can understand properly so that I can take action in the right way. Right. So my personal practice helps this. It is not, it will not come on its own. When I do my personal practice every day, it will give me this kind of opportunity to have that equanimous kind of thing, not immediately judging someone. Yes, he has done, committed some mistake. For that, he has to go through whatever the law or whatever is saying. But I am not judging. He is very uh, worse person. He is very uh, kind of 
thing but i i'm not losing my balance and how so when we connect that to yoga therapy i mean some people would say yes that everything you're talking about today has to do with yoga but when they think of yoga therapy they think oh my neck hurts or my back hurts or or i have asthma how do you see that connection i, I personally think what you're describing is exactly what we're doing in yoga therapy just on a one-on-one -on -one, yeah. uh, basis yes and the neck pain happens to clear up and the back. I mean, the, the physiology shifts and the skeletal muscular body shifts as a result of this change in attitude and mental state. So very interestingly, uh, the health means in Sanskrit, it is called swastha. Swastha means I'm healthy. If you split that word, swastha, swastha, swa means my own self, stha means staying. If I stay with myself, I'm healthy. Vyadi means illness. Vi means disconnection. Adi means something deeper in me. When I am disconnected from my inner self, I am having illness. I have a disease. When I am connected with myself, it is health. So in yoga therapy, even though we are doing something to elevate the pain kind of thing by giving asana kind of pranayama kind of thing. We also give something that knowingly or unknowingly go and touches something very internal thing. So they start connecting with that. That's why they say, oh, I feel good. Because they can't express other yeah. than that. They say, how do you feel? Are your pain gone? Pain is there, but I feel good. Yeah. So that I feel good is nothing but they are going and connecting with their self. They are slowly going closer to their own self. That is the expression of I feel better. I'm, and it I'm, almost it almost has like a mystical or a magical quality to it because you can't figure out exactly what's happening. You just know you feel better. Yeah. The feel better uh, because they feel something is happening inside. They can't express. They can't able to see. So we can understand. Something is happening, some kind of inner thing. The journey has started slowly. If they sustain, then they can go deeper and find kind of thing. But uh, it's not that easy. Uh, like I said, priority. Right. So with all of that said, where do you see the field of yoga therapy going in the next decade? So it is positive. Because there are there are two sides of anything happen in a positive and there is some kind of uh, not so positive side also. But till now, the people, those who are in the medical field, they are seeing yoga therapy as a, some kind of in a skeptical way. So say, no, 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 yoga is okay for the healthy people. How can it help in somebody who is having the pain or kind of thing? But now they are uh, shifting their uh, view on yoga therapy. Because what they think about is yoga therapy means they have to do Uttanasana or some posture. They see in the picture. And so a person with back pain, they cannot do this. They don't understand our the modification and our variation. Now they are start understanding things. Now they are start aligning. And very interestingly, many of the doctors are coming to learn because they have the most stress, especially in India. Yeah. They have, they are going through a lot of stress. They started doing themselves. And interestingly, some of the medical college, we have the MOU to teach mm -hmm. the medical students and 
the teachers and the medical doctors, nurses. So one of our teacher does every day three hours sitting in that uh, medical college. Wow. Scenario so, is changing. So now they only came and asked, why don't we have a memorandum of understanding? Why don't you send one teacher there every day? So slowly after uh, our, he is he's giving classes to the medical student, first year, second year, third year, and some of the uh, those nurses and uh, uh, the doctors. So now the scenario is changing. Previously, they are very skeptical. Now they start recommending to their students that go and learn yoga along with the medicine. So they can see the recovery is very fast because the, the, the students are taking only pills or medicine, something external goes in. They are not doing anything. But along with this, if they do pranayama, basic kind of postures, then they can see the things are happening in a very, very tremendous way and a very fast forward approach. So now it is, now initially, People also come when they went to allopathy, Western medicine, then they go to Ayurveda, then they go to Siddha or some. If they are not able to cure, then the last resort, they come to yoga. <laughs> because somebody, neighbor would say, you have done everything, why don't you try that also? So it's like a last, last choice for them. They don't, okay, I have done a lot of things, this also I'll try. That was the mentality. Now, something happened, immediately their first preference is yoga. They come and sometimes we recommend you need some medical intervention also because your problem I can't handle through only yoga. So that 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 kind of uh, uh, the satyam, the truth has to be come from the yoga therapist also. It's not that everything I can cure. That is the other side of yoga. Now people are saying, oh, if you have cancer, come, I will cure you. If you have AIDS, I will cure. That gives the bad name for the yoga. So and one important thing is when something become popular, when something become very, very uh, famous, the vulgarity also come along with it. It becomes also vulgar because people are there to how I can do something so that I can immediately catch something or earn money and do something like that. So the positive things is now people are preferring yoga as the first thing and doctors are recommending. They are doing themselves and they see the benefit. So this is the best scenario. It, it changes the entire thing. And especially after this government, what we have, this government is supporting yoga in a very, very uh, uh, holistic way in, the, in terms of uh, money, in terms of promotion, in terms of research. They spend because they want to make this as one of the important thing. It's a national treasure. Yeah, national treasure. And they, they create a lot of things. And they also have, especially we are doing one-to-one, -one, but they want to reach to entire mass. So they have done a yoga app, five minutes yoga break. Myself and uh, Sridhar are also a member of that committee. When we went uh -huh. to Delhi and we discussed five minutes yoga. It is for people, those who want to have a tea break. Whenever you go to office, they say after 11 o'clock, so I feel tired, so I, I will have a tea. So five minutes tea break. Now replace that with this five minutes yoga break. Why break? That is called why break. If you go to uh, in YouTube also, it's there. Why break? Five minutes. Morning. Like, like the letter Y? Y. Yoga okay. break. Why? Okay. So 
five minutes if you do this whatever energy you are gaining by drinking a tea or coffee or doing something you'll get more than that energy without uh, spoiling your health mm. now it has been introduced to many uh, all the government officers all the kind of things and they have selected some seven institutes all over the india for the pilot study we have done that pilot pilot study in chennai for 700 people wow we're introducing this so we have done this wide break in many offices then collect the data and we compile what happened by this 5 minutes break yoga break so this is the scenario now evolving so government is also supporting people also change their mindset this is the positive side negative side because of this popularity there are a lot of demand for the yoga teachers yoga therapists so there are many schools or people they are running one month yoga therapist training online mm-hmm. online so after online you pay money they will give the certificate with that certificate they will open some places like oh i have also give yoga therapy kind of thing and some booklets are available for back pain you do this for blood pressure you have some some printed booklets so they will have the booklet and some 100 people 100 people 10 people maybe get better by using you by doing this mm. so that is the flip side of this when yeah. future there will be a lot of potential lot of thing and lot of universities now they are coming with the curriculum right all the sports university they have some kind of ma in yoga ma in yoga therapy ba yoga ba yoga therapy so they also started in a university way also so there are tremendous potential and people are moving towards it there is some kind of other side also there so we have to be careful it sounds like in india it's become a priority i, I think you are ahead of where we are in the united states we don't have the government really prioritizing and investing in yoga and yoga therapy but that we got only after this government came lot last 7 yeah. years before that no, nobody was looking about and when we go to the national institute it's like a very old building kind of thing now it has been revamped and it's one of the state of art research kind of things are happening lot of things are happening yeah and nowadays with the hospitals also having kind of association with the yoga training centers with uh, some kind of research we are going to enter one of the moe with apollo hospitals how yoga therapy is going to uh, relieve the migraine pain so we are going mm-hmm. to have that kind of thing we already done with epilepsy with the funding of government of india will you have enough teachers fall of the shrinivasan i mean when i look at the kym it doesn't look like you have hundreds and hundreds of teachers no. there we have 35 to 40 teachers but the thing is uh, some teacher will be dedicated to that place they will go mm-hmm. and they will the uh, doctors will provide the students then they will teach then they will measure that kind of thing right right that is where the government comes with the mass kind of thing and they also have protocols for very important things there is a yoga protocol for diabetes because in india we have a lot of diabetes patients the second highest in the world is india the diabetes so i am one of the member of that protocol committee central government has done so we came with a booklet with inputs from various institutions and there is and uh, we can't do one to one 
So we come with some minimal kind of thing with modification and also some contraindications. That booklet, so it has been issued to many hospitals and many villages. So people are doing, there are videos, there are booklets. So it's a kind of preventing mechanism and most of the people are spending a lot of money on the uh, medicines kind of thing, all this lifestyle disorder medicines. So they also get benefit. So when the government comes, it's a kind of mass movement. Was it hard for you all to agree on what a diabetes protocol might look like since you're all from different traditions? It took one year. Okay. Every month we used to have a meeting in Delhi. Every month we will have a fight. Why should we have this posture? You should... <laughs> so that tradition says, no, no, my tradition, they say, this is the best one. So there is a via media came and... Uh, what we have done is we have not fought with all these things. We enter in the last leap and they said how to do all the breathing because everyone was doing this thing. So what I did, I did was, so you are the, giving the posture. I will do the uh, sequencing from standing. Uh -huh. I have done the sequencing. Then I have done the breathing, how to introduce the breathing and added some postures with the stay kind of thing because there are great people like... Uh, uh, great trip, Swamiji's, everyone was there in that uh, protocol committee. But there is no other way. We have to come yeah. to a via media, then we have done, but it took one year. And, and we're not going to get everything we want all the time. Yes. We have to compromise. Yeah, compromise for the sake of uh, the, the entire mass. It, it reaches many people. Yeah. If I can do, I cannot reach that kind of masses. Right. So if I want to take to that level, I have to align with the government and align with these kind of bodies so that you can give your own input for the betterment. Yeah. Well, Srinivasan, we're almost out of time, but one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast is because I was requesting that you give a Bhagavad Gita class as it applies to therapeutic context and psychological counseling. You know, I think a lot of us have read Bhagavad Gita texts, but to have someone really point out that at first Krishna is only listening in yeah. a non-judgmental way. And only after Arjuna asks for support, does he then step in and give support? Like those kinds of realizations while we studied the Bhagavad Gita, that's, that's really what I want to learn. So I know that you are in early 2022 going to be offering a course like this, limiting it to about 35 to 40 people who have experience with yoga philosophy and, and possibly even the KYM. Do you want to yeah. say anything about that course and what we can expect? Yeah. So we have, we have, uh, I have already done the first chapter with the people in India, in our uh, teachers, all the, all of them. We have done around 40 hours of this for the first chapter, because most of the time, anywhere if you go, they will uh, uh, omit the first chapter. They say mm. it's only a depression. The second chapter only the uh, teaching starts. But the first chapter, it's a fresher. We can see each and every character and how they are uh, presented in a way, how they are talking. It gives a lot of ideas about our own self. So what I have done is understanding Yoga Sutra through the Bhagavad Gita. That was the title what we are given. So mm. once you have the idea about the basic uh, uh, sutra's idea, then you can appreciate this Bhagavad Gita context with the Yoga Sutra. So, uh, as you said, we are planning to have in the 22 January or February, 
we can have around 24 to 30 hours of first chapter of bhagavad gita to understand how the human mind works how different characters are representing some of our own qualities very interestingly some of the names of the conch so each one has the different conch krishna's conch is called panchajanya arjuna's conch is called devadatta so each one has a significant why they have given the name what is panchajanya for me mm. what is devadatta for me what is ananta vijayam for me so each thing how i can associate that is very very interesting it's also very uh, interesting learning for me how the parallel was given in yoga sutra each shloka some of the thing how patanjali has given in a different way so how they are converging it's it's a beautiful way of understanding so it is it is for the people those who have basic knowledge about yoga sutra yoga philosophy because they only can connect and appreciate if somebody is new then it's like something uh, kind of uh, out of place kind of thing yeah so those, we need a foundation before yeah, we can make the higher level connections at, at least they understand what is yoga philosophy what is yoga sutra talks about then we can connect with the story and we connect with the character how it is evolved in bhagavad gita and how it is connected and how the yoga therapist has to deal with the student deal with the family deal mm. with him. all things can be understood in a different characters so i can't wait <laughs> well thank you so much for joining us today it's been such a pleasure to just kind of hear the overview and see those connections between bhagavad gita and yoga therapy uh, is there a way that we can connect with you and kym do you want to say the website or um talk about any other classes we are we are doing lot of uh, webinar uh, mm-hmm. now it is going on the pancha bhuta dharana it's already going on and uh, we are also doing samyama on each and every aspect of yoga uh, ashtanga yoga so we have done up to dharana last sunday only we have done up to dharana now next month and december we are completing with uh, dhyana and samadhi with various text how they are dealing with and there are many webinars are coming about the chanting about some of the like you did this five model five bird model the panchabhuta that's also coming as a webinar you can see in our website kym.org then you can see what all are the courses that which is interested for you you can uh, log in and you can find registered and you can learn something new because this time uh, this is one of the interesting way of communicating with everyone this technological improvement and this covid has opened up lot of uh, opportunities there are challenges there are opportunities so how you are going whether you are going to only talk about criticizing the challenges or something how many people die how many people are affected now you can also see how many people are uh, come out of it how many people it have had, rec- it's been such a blessing to get yeah. to take classes in the morning with all of you i mean i didn't have that opportunity before yeah. covid before covid we also little skeptical whether online it is going to work now it is a kind of samskara we develop and we also get so yes it is possible another way another avenue to uh, disseminate the knowledge of uh, deskachar and krishmacharya 
So Do you think it will continue even after COVID has kind of recovered? Do you think it will re continue to yes. be online? Yes, because it is very easy for everyone. Yeah. Or otherwise, somebody has to come and travel and stay here. And for some, it is easy. They can do their job. They can continue. No need for take holidays. Only weekly, two, three hours they can spend and they can upgrade themselves. That is what, what yeah. we talk about, Arjuna, the skill development. You upgrade yourself so you read, understand. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's really been my honor to have you here representing Krishnamacharya Yoga Mandaram. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for you to give me opportunity to express uh, about our institute and about the text. Thank you once again. Thank you. So we've just finished this lovely hour with V. Srinivasan from the Krishnamacharya Yoga Mandaram. And there was something that we talked about briefly during the podcast that I think a lot of people will be interested in. So I just want to spend a little bit more time as we close up today as a self-reflection about who we are, how we show up in the world, how we would like to show up in the world if we're not already you know, showing up the way we would prefer to. And this is something that one of my chanting teachers, Deborah Kurian, had given me many, many years ago. I, I think this was 10 years ago or more. She gave me this sheet of paper and it was her notes from studies with Deskachar on the Bhagavad Gita. And I, I had gone to Deborah with some problem that I was having, as I, I always do, you know, some in, interpersonal relationship issue. And she said, are you feeling conflicted? Are you in conflict? If so, asmita is predominant, meaning your ego identification, the part of you that says, I, me, mine, and I need to win. And so the, the solution to that is to kind of get out of yourself and meditate on your svadharma your personal dharma, and reflect on what to do and what not to do in a particular situation. The idea is that we need to have clarity through reflection and kind of recognize when the ego identification is getting a little bit out of hand. Then she would go on to say, are you in confusion? If you feel confused, you need to meditate on the experience of wisdom and knowledge, right? Meaning there's a misperception that you're having that you're not understanding. It's a misperception. You have some missing information or you've seen something not in a clear way, or you're making an assumption. And if you're confused, it's because there's missing information. There's something going on that you don't quite understand yet. And you need to meditate on what could be happening here. So it, it's a very experiential meditation to try to see where those missing links are that you don't quite understand yet. Then she would say, are you disturbed by anger or selfishness? And of course, you know, so many of us have this, this anger and, and the selfishness. And she would basically say, if that's the case, 
what are you going to meditate on now? There's another thing to meditate on, and that is vairagyam or detachment, consciously deciding what am I going to let go of? What am I going to give up? Right. And a lot of times when we're going through this process of detachment and letting go of something that's no longer serving us, we also have to give up some of our desires, some of our wants, some of our needs, some of those things we even maybe hold precious, right? And then last but not least, are you feeling not confident? Are you feeling insecure? Are you feeling helpless or hopeless? And if so, meditate on devotion, on bhakti, that basically there's something higher than me that is supporting me and nourishing me. I am here doing my job. I'm putting one foot in front of the other. I will be of service until I'm told I'm no longer needed. I have faith in the process, even though it's very difficult. And I have support and wise people around me that, that counsel me. And basically having faith in, in all of that. So that to me, Jessica Char's basically short cliff notes on the Bhagavad Gita, that was so it, it is helpful. I, I think about those things all the time when I'm in conflict or when I'm angry or when I'm feeling selfish, I go back and I look at that and I think, okay, what, what's really going on here? And as Srinivasan said, this is our opportunity to go within and to look within. This yoga journey is not about changing what's out there. This yoga journey is about getting clarity about what's in here and as he so eloquently talked about that if we can de-link from the conflict and the anger and the judgment and instead connect with something deep inside of our own heart, the courage, the faith, the love, the compassion, the, the satyam, the truth with kindness, if we can continuously come back to that place within us and get clarity, this is the path of the person who's practicing yoga. So I will leave you with that today. Thank you for joining us. It's been my pleasure to be with you and I wish you well. Thank you for listening to the Yoga Therapy Hour with Amy Wheeler podcast. Another nonprofit organization that we like to support through this podcast is the Krishnamacharya Yoga Mandram in Chennai, India. They are the source for the teachings of the Optimal State Yoga Therapy School, and we are so grateful. The KYM's Mitra Division offers free yoga therapy training to a large number of socially and economically underprivileged children and women in Chennai. Feel free to support them through the link listed below on Red Circle. And we also have details on our website, which is also listed below. Please also note that we have recently developed a mental health tracking mobile app based on yogic and Ayurvedic principles. The app helps practitioners to observe their mental habits and patterns throughout the different times of day, the seasons of the year, and the stages of life. This is a useful tool for healthcare providers, yoga teachers, yoga therapists, and all of the people that they serve. Check it out on the App Store. It's called the Optimal State App. And finally, a special thank you to our team here at Optimal State. We are truly a global family. George Mantuan, one of our executive producers. 
Adam Satchel, Senior Media Producer and Sound Engineer from the Philippines. Krishna Panchal, a producer from Canada. Modupe Abdullahi, who does the show notes and is an editor for us from Nigeria. And Peter Morley, who wrote and produced the music for this show, who lives in Australia. Find more about Peter's work at www.zenmusic.biz. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.